Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. Today we're going to deep dive the NFL draft uh, with my man Chris Sims. We're going to talk quarterback prospects, uh, a wonky top of the board in terms of how it's expected to play out. Still no clarity about picks two, three, four, five, six, one. I think we've got a handle on, but after that, it's a bit of a mess. And then we'll jump into the edge prospects. Uh, we'll get into Bijan Robinson. Uh, we'll get into it all. So let's now welcome in Chris Sims, my man. My good friend. What's up? Sims. Yo, yo. What's what's up, Jay? <laughs> Drew, thanks for having me on, man. Always good to talk Ooh. to you guys. Always enjoy talking some ball. Absolutely. All right, let's get straight into it. Uh, Chris, your number one quarterback prospect is CJ Stroud, who recently was the favorite to go number one to Carolina. That's not the case anymore. It looks like it's going to be Bryce Young at one. At least that's what the odds would tell us. And then Stroud, it's starting to look like he may even slide past two past three uh so i guess what makes you so bullish on cj stroud and and why do you think that he might be potentially sliding well yeah that that's where you know again it it gets into off the field stuff where you know listen i hear rumors about cj stroud there a little bit there's been some people talk about you know he asks questions or he can challenge coaching to a degree I've heard things like that be thrown out there. I don't get into all that, Jay. You know me. I'm more about, first off, I don't know what to believe always. And really, my friends that I'm really good friends with in the NFL, they're not going to be really good friends with me if I'm calling and be like, hey, give me the scoop on every down low thing <laughs> in the NFL, right? So, you know, I know some of that. But I, what I do more than anything, as you guys know, is the film. And C.J. Stroud, to me, one, you know, I think projects best to the NFL – and then two, I thought his film was just the most impressive in college football. What, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, purely right from the start is, yeah, I'm going to evaluate you and what you do in the pocket. And as a pure pocket passer, there's nobody better than C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, in the draft. Decision-making is very good. You know, high-level, big-time NFL throws where I'm talking, you know, posts down the middle for 40 yards, 20-yard out routes, 20-yard in cuts into tight windows. You know, the movement is underrated. I mean, he's very good at moving within the pocket. He's better than people give him credit for outside the pocket. And I think that's only going to get better as he continues to play. So that's why I project him as my number one guy. I think, one, he's the best passer right now, period. Two, 
I think as he improves and everything, that his style of play, I'm just most comfortable saying that projects the best to the NFL where, you know, Bryce Young I like, but there's some things I question and I'm not so sure I'm totally sold on it or project. Okay. Well, I can't really speak to his slide either because, again, I also don't really understand it because you can watch 450 games worth of film from college football last year or you can just watch one. And it was Georgia, Ohio yeah. State. And I the singular you. best college football performance of the entire calendar last year was C.J. Stroud against the best defense in college football last year that won the national championship. Right. Uh, so it's if you're getting that level of performance from a guy against future NFL players, I really don't know what else you need to 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 be convinced that he can perform at the next level. No, um, and honestly, I'm, I think, I'm with you. Yeah, well, Drew. Yeah. I, I want to throw off of that too. And you know, even the game before that where they lost. I mean, sure. I, I would love to sit down with people and watch the Michigan game and go watch how many unbelievable <laughs> plays and throws he had. You know, yeah, yep. they failed was- him in that game. He had touchdowns dropped, a fourth and two drop, you know, a ball yeah. down the middle that was perfectly thrown drop. So to your point, I, I agree, you know, and, and he was asked to me, Stroud was the offense at Ohio State. What they asked him to do, I went, not a lot of quarterbacks are being asked to every time they drop back to make some power game changing type throw where Bryce Young, again, really good. But it's screen here, RPO here, this, there. Oh, run to Gibbs up the middle. Oh, another RPO. And I'm going to go, yeah, he runs the offense good. But I don't necessarily look at some of that stuff to be very high level, like, oh, wow, only he can do that and nobody else can, along with some other factors that we'll dive into. Yeah, so um, I guess I would uh, I would just say exercise some patience about evaluate, you know, evaluating um, or just, uh, you know, just the takes – uh, that will come uh, yeah, in year one right. on you, these quarterbacks. You be careful, right? Yeah, people are throwing out bull yeah. crap right now. I mean, <laughs> and, I sit there and yeah. go, the Raiders, I'm sure, would love for C.J. Stroud to fall to number seven. Are they the ones throwing out some of this bull crap, right? I That's just the kind of thing I think of when, when I start to hear these type of rumors start to percolate more and yeah. more. I got a good belly laugh because something circulated yesterday where C.J. Stroud, he didn't kiss the rings at the Manning camp. And for that oh. reason, teams are out on him. And it's oh. like, stop, stop, <laughs> stop, 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 yeah. stop. Okay, but here, here's what I'll say. I think ultimately you're quite well um, because if he does slide, he ends up on a team with more assets, more talent, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, opportunity to develop at the NFL level. Because a lot of times, you know, these guys that get thrown to the wolves in year one, like, you know, you're asked to learn on the fly. You know, it's the game is moving too quickly for you. And there's only a certain number of guys that can really thrive in that kind of environment. And so being afforded the opportunity to learn a year behind, uh, you know, a, a decent starter uh, on a team with a lot of talent is definitely a better situation. Like if Stroud ends up in, say, Seattle or Detroit or something like that, like those yeah. either of those teams decides we're going to swing on a prospect that we're going to sit for a year and Stroud happens to be there for those guys like. I'm probably coming out of this draft saying I'm I'm willing to bet that he ultimately will be the most successful of these guys just because yeah. of situation because situation matters so much here. So, well, um, I, you know, I think you're right. You're right about that. I mean, situation is extremely important. And again, my rankings are off of the film I watch and how I think it projects to the NFL. If you made me do rankings on who I thought what is going to be the number one pick. You know, I, I would have gone with, with Bryce Young. It's all the hype. It's sure. the Bama quarterback. Sure. You can never tell anybody that that's not the best quarterback. It goes back to Tua. 
You know, people are like, I don't know. Maybe you should still take him over Burrow, definitely over Herbert. You couldn't <laughs> did, tell anybody that. that. Happen. Yeah. So it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, uh, you know, I, I would have bet that you know he would have been the number one guy on a lot of teams' boards because I, I do think that, you know, again, I know I'm a little more negative than most, but I, I think if you're not careful, it, it, you get a little too enthralled with the sexiness and the flash and the. Oh, look at the different releases. And as I said in my evaluation, a lot of wow releases, not a lot of wow throws when you break down Bryce Young. You know, very few throws with the pocket collapsing and you go, oh, the pocket collapsing. He's got to throw a ball into a tight window. They almost don't exist, right? You know, I know he's extremely quick and all that. He's the most well-protected quarterback in college football. Watch film. I mean, it's him back there for seven seconds pointing, and then he gets to see a guy come at him, and then he makes a move. That's what I mean why I'm not sure that's – I mean, if you can promise me he'll be on the best offensive line in the NFL, then okay, maybe I'll feel better about it. But, you know, that's where I, I got to see it a little bit more at the NFL level to believe it and make him my number one guy. Yep. Chris, you mentioned sexiness and hype. The poster boy for that at the moment is Will Levis, <laughs> who is getting yes. a lot of sexy hype. And uh, there are people who now think that he may even go two to Houston. Now, there's other stuff going on with Houston in terms of why they might not like CJ Stroud, perhaps sharing the same agent as Deshaun Watson is contributing to that. Uh, that's a right. real thing. And right. Will Levis now. It appears that he might be the guy at number two. Now, most people I speak to around the league are baffled that Will Levis could go in the top ten, yes. let alone right. two. Uh, what do you make of Levis? I, I, I have a hard time buying onto that. I mean, you know, hey, put me in that crew of, like, somebody you talk to that knows people in the league. You know, I, I, I would be shocked if Will Levis went number two. I'd have, uh, you know, again, there's a reason I made him my number five ranked quarterback. I mean, inconsistencies is the word. And then the, here's where I will challenge the thought process, right? We, we, the, 40, the, the new offensive coordinator from the Houston Texans, Bobby Slowick, he came from the 49ers. You know, do you think he really wants the guy that, you know, it's just kind of like against what the 49ers believe in as a quarterback? Like, oh, yep. yeah, oh, the ball, strong arm. Ball goes everywhere. Mechanics are everywhere. Decisions are everywhere, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, that, that to me just doesn't sound like, you know, a 49ers type of guy there. That's where I thought C.J. Stroud made, made sense for them. But you're right. There's that conversation with the agent that certainly can be a part of this. And I think really the more the discussion there and what I do know a little bit about is that, yeah, there's a liking in that building. And, again, it's D'Amico Ryan. He's a defensive coach. What do you think he wants in year one? He wants his defense to be good. That helps solidify why they hired him. So I'm sure he'd love to get his Nick Bosa, and that would be Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. So that's really where I would see them going over Will Levis, where I would think it's crazy to take him at number two, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion here, but I'm just trying to put the breadcrumbs together. Um, but I have a lot of Will Levis under because for whatever reason, every single new, you know, every single nugget of info I get on what draft teams boards look like across the NFL, not just at the top, they have Will Levis at two. Presumably it's because he was in like a more NFL ready offense. So he's more ready to start now. I, I really don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but um, uh, my gut on the Texans at this moment is in division 
They know Indianapolis, I think, is going to have Lovis as the highest QB available left on their board. And I think their draft board was Bryce Young with a bullet and then a big gap to the next best guy at Lovis, too. And for those reasons, I it's a realistic, you know, to expect that maybe Houston comes out of this draft with a quarterback answer that's not, uh, you know, from the college ranks, right? Like they may make a deal to bring a guy in uh, from somewhere else around the NFL to answer that question. Cause I don't think realistically you can go to that fan base and say, we're running back Davis Mills with Case Keenum as the backup. Like that's a real tough way to sell season tickets. So um, uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, they have some the wiggle room, position, you yeah. know, to, to your point, Drew. They got some wiggle room because of like pick 12 that, sure. you know, again, if let's just say if they got CJ Stroud and Hendon Hooker with a very close grade, you know, who's to say that, okay, fine, the heck with, you know, we'll take the defensive guy at two. We realize CJ Stroud might be gone by the time we get to 12. But then we could think about taking Hendon Hooker or maybe they read the draft the right way and they trade down a little bit and then take Hendon Hooker. But yeah. they got some options there, certainly. Uh, I'd be shocked if it's Will Levis. I really would be. But um, you never know. It only takes one. I, I would really think the Tyree Wilson thing is a real consideration there just because of the new coaching staff and D'Amico Ryan. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Stroud, Levis Young. The guy we haven't mentioned so far is Anthony Richardson, who is probably the most uh, compelling player in the draft in a way, maybe right. the most mysterious, the biggest gap perhaps between his floor and ceiling. How high do you think his ceiling is, Chris? And do you think that it's such that a team could trade up to three potentially and take him? I, I mean, his ceiling is, you know... It's it's through the roof, right? I mean, it's 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 superstar. It's you know one of the three, four best quarterbacks in football. It's you know Josh Allen, Josh Allen on steroids, right? I mean, that's what we're talking. The ceiling is here. It's like an arm that's as good as Josh Allen's, and a guy that can you know kind of run like Justin Fields to a degree. So that's scary. I mean, we haven't seen a combination like that. But within that, that it's a total projection, right? So I love the upside. The floor does scare the hell out of me. I mean, he's only played one year, and there's a lot of moments and games and things, Jay, Drew, where you look at it and you go, oh, whoa, he's raw. He doesn't even know what he's looking at here. In mm -hmm. fact, he's on the wrong side of the field. He should be looking <laughs> over here. I mean, there's so much of that. So I am a little shocked that he's so highly regarded in NFL yeah. eyes. Because he has some things on his checklist that I go, normally NFL people don't like the stuff I just explained there. I love the ceiling. I have him as my number four quarterback because it's just – it's a little too raw for me to just go, oh, it's definitely going to work and it's definitely going to be there. But yeah. I understand why there's love there. And then I think what also helps it out is the human, the human factor. And anything you hear about Anthony Richardson is that everybody feels he loves football, he's a good guy, and he likes to work. So I think that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable about the rawness of the player and that, that you know, he can work on those things and, and get better. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's top ten for sure. And then, yeah, if he's out there at number four and Stroud and Young are gone, I mean, I certainly – that's another big question for me. What route do the Colts want to go on offense? Mm -hmm. Are they going to run Jalen Hurts' offense? Or are they going to run Shane Steichen when he was with Justin Herbert offense, right? That's really the offense he used to run. And then 
he realized, wait, we can't run this with Jalen Hurts, so we have to change it because he can't throw to that capacity. And he invented this offense. So that's the other unknown for me in this is just where are they going on the offensive side of the ball to then dictate what quarterback they want? I think that's another good conversation too. A lot of what you said and a lot of what I've heard otherwise is really kind of pointing to Richardson as the ceiling being relatively Josh Allen-esque. Is that fair? I, I think so. I, I would say that. But I would say, too, that you know his film in college is more raw than Josh Allen's was. Really? Right? Oh, definitely. Boy. Definitely. Uh -oh. <laughs> See, Josh Allen knew where to go with the ball and knew what he was doing. It's just they weren't very good, and he was like, well, I'm just going to have to fit this in there because the first two guys weren't open, and I'll, I'll just fit it in here. And then they were not good to where they gave him the green light to just do whatever he wanted. If you got to run back 50 yards and do a cartwheel or whatever, that's fine. You're our best player. Make it happen. And that got him into bad habits there too. But there was enough quarterback play where you went, wait, this guy's got a clue here. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He just was asked to play a backyard style football where he'd lose control of himself every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, right now, Will Anderson is the heavy favorite to be the first defensive player drafted. He's minus 250, but Tari Wilson's plus Still? 225. Yeah which uh, is a little confusing to me. Uh, and I know you've got Tyree as your number Ooh. one edge prospect. Do you think the teams are going to share that sentiment and Tyree ultimately goes before Will Anderson in the draft? Yeah, I do. You know, again, like, listen, I've been pretty good in my history with my defense end ranks, all that, right? I know I've had some controversial ones in all my rankings, right? Right, where I'm the, one, I'm the guy that likes Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, right? And... I knew I was in the minority there, but there were some things I liked about him, and I knew, okay, most of the NFL is going to like Trevor, but I like Zach and what I saw there. And again, until about week seven of last year, I was right, and then things changed, and now I'm an idiot. But either way, right, with this is one where watching film of all the edge guys, and I just, this wasn't like, ooh, it's really close. I just think I like Tyree Wilson more. This was like, what? This is a slam dunk. Are we even seriously having a conversation here? And we're talking about a guy that's 250 that ran 4-6 and has a 1-6-10. And, like, there's really not that many impressive individual, like, wow, he beat him type of sacks in college football. That's the number one pick. Like, no way. There's no way. Tyree Wilson is Miles Garrett. He's Nick Bosa. He's – He's the freak that comes around like once every five or six years. So that's where I don't even see that being a conversation. And then you add Jalen Carter into the conversation where I go, I mean, Jalen Carter is arguably the best defense alignment I've ever evaluated in my life. I mean, there's a reason everybody was saying he was going to be the number one pick to the Bears before all the stuff went down. So I have a hard time. And I will add this to this, Jay and Drew. And that, again, it's not foolproof. But, like, when I got done doing DNs, I, I texted some of my friends around the NFL, like, wait, am I missing something with Will Anderson? And the response I got back was like, no, we're all wondering the same thing. What, what, what is everybody – why is he the number one pick? So, again, it only takes one, but I, I would be shocked if he's the first defensive guy off the board.
feels like Houston have been more linked to Wilson than Anderson and the Cardinals have been more linked to Wilson than Anderson and they're the teams picking second and third who are likely right. potentially to take a defensive player. But uh, what do you think, Drew? I have gotten the same mail as you guys. I think yeah. uh, Cardinals and Texans, I, I have heard, both have Wilson over Anderson on their boards. So if those teams stay where they are and take defensive players, Wilson would be your first defensive player off the board. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the only scenario Anderson goes first defensive is if the first four picks are quarterbacks uh, and that requires some trades and if you're making bets in the draft market assuming there will be trades I have bad news for you you are going to lose money because it is a very 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 terrible idea to make a bet assuming there will be a trade uh, a lot of times those things do not materialize right, um, right. I will say that uh, I mean shoot there are people that made bad bets after the trade happened uh, with Carolina up to number one assuming it was for Stroud um, but all that said uh, the issue with Will Anderson in your mind is it uh, is it bend yeah it's just lack of overall elite explosiveness to be in that conversation for the number one pick right you know or if you're gonna be that guy you need to have such great power that okay we can take a little off for the lack of bend or you know great explosive speed there right like like his numbers were very similar to khalil mack okay as far as his combine testing numbers but khalil mack was is a, if you saw khalil mack next to will anderson they're not the same human khalil mack's a guy like when you see him you go wait if i stuck a knife in him the knife's gonna bend it's not gonna hurt <laughs> khalil mack right his arms and neck are like this he's 265 he was on film throwing Lyman down like, raw, raw. I mean, so that's like Will Anderson. There's not that there. Tyree Wilson, there's that there. And then there's also like, whoa, who the hell was that that just flew around the edge? And like, whoa, who was that that just blew up a double team block and then made the tackle 20 yards away? Like he's, he's a can't miss prospect. And that's where even like what you said, Drew, with the top four picks maybe being quarterbacks, I, I think if the top four picks are quarterbacks, like Pete Carroll's going to put a piece of gum in his mouth and run to Kansas City to hand in the Jalen Carter card or the Tyree Wilson card. So I'd still be shocked. Okay. Anderson is not a pure lock pass rushing star in the NFL. I think he's a little bit stand up linebacker ish slash defense end. And that, to me, is not the number one pick or top guy off the board. Okay. There's not a lot of bets you can make that are plus money right now. But I'm against the market here on Will Anderson for a lot of the reasons you've already stated. Over three and a half is plus money. I don't get it. Somebody out there is against me. That's fine. Under on Tyree Wilson, I think, is a decent bet as well. And uh, uh, well, you know, that's, that could make or break my night. We'll see. I'm with you, too. And I might throw some damn money down on this, too. I'll tell you. <laughs> here's what... Like, I'll tell you the one thing that scares me just to a degree, right, is, is, is Arizona. You know, Monty for their GM, I, I mean, I would think he sees it the way I do. But New England guys always scare me because they'll be like, well, he never had a mental mistake in four years. So I'm going to make him the number three pick because of that. And this guy had three mental mistakes. So. We're going to drop him around. And I want I used to drive me crazy in New England. I'd be like, what? But that guy made a 1,000 plays that that guy didn't do jack diddly crap on. But we're going to give this guy the edge because of three brain farts, right? And that's where I just like that, – that's the little inkling that scares me in the whole conversation, Drew. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I still think Tyree is going to be the guy yeah. at the yeah. end of it. I do All too. right, before we hit some skill position players, a reminder to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, Chris, let's talk wide receivers. Considered a weak wide receiver class. Certainly been spoiled with the likes of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Justin Jefferson and Reese. Uh, and so I think that's probably inflated expectations unreasonably for rookie wideouts coming out. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he is the heavy favorite to be the first wideout off the board. You've got Zay Flowers over him, albeit in the same tier. Do you think there's any chance there could be a surprise and someone like Zay Flowers or even Quinton Johnson is the first wideout off the board? Totally. I too. I don't think it's yeah. crazy to say that. You know, I, I can understand the NFL world liking Jackson Smith and Jigma the most. But what I can also understand is the NFL world going, wait, we're going to take a receiver at um, number 18 who had a hamstring injury that he didn't play for a whole year, and he ran 4-5 at his pro day, basically, right? And really, a 4-5 at your pro day, add a tenth on to the combine, which would be like 4-5-8, 4-6, depending on who you go by and that. That's why, one, the hamstring, that's certainly going to concern somebody. But, uh, like, even on the film, I like Jackson Smith and Jigma. I, don't re- I didn't rank it off the hamstring injury or anything. I, luck in- I like Jackson Smith and Jigma's ability when the ball's in his hand. I don't always love his ability to separate versus man-to-man coverage. He is a true slot guy. So he's great with, like, you know, you give him the two-way cuts and all that. He's an amazing route runner. But if you just put him outside and we're like, hey, run a go route and just run by Jair Alexander, that, that's not going to happen. That's, there's not. There's no way. Or, you know, run a, a post route and we want you to turn around Jalen Ramsey on that. That ain't going to happen either. So that's where I can get into Zay Flowers for me, you know, again, a little smaller, but so what? We've learned in the NFL that doesn't matter anymore. They can move these guys around and stack, bunch, slot. You know, he's a weapon. I kind of found him to be like Kadarius Tony, but way more polished of a route runner. That's kind of how I looked at it. I certainly think there's a good chance because of the hamstring thing with Njigba 
that Zay Flowers can go first off the board. Quentin Johnson, he's the only, those three guys, Quentin Johnson, Jigba, and Flowers, to me are the only first-round grade receivers in the draft. Uh, yep. But I, I think he'll be a little later in the first round when it's all said and done. I, I would bet Zay Flowers is the first guy off the board. Jay, have you incurred anyone as, as a suitor for JSN? Because I haven't, and I really don't know why that's minus four or anything. No, it's in the hype again. <laughs> yeah, it just seems to be trending that direction. Um, but let's talk about Bijan Robinson, uh, who has been one of the most uh, covered prospects, certainly from like a fantasy football perspective. He's going to be the guy coming out, but a lot of it's going to depend on fit. I know that a lot of people are hoping that he finds his way all the way to the Bengals, which would be pretty ridiculous for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, <laughs> Pete Higgins, and Bijan Robinson. But where do you think that Bijan's ultimately going to go, Chris? What type of range and, and where would you like to see him go? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything you guys don't know. In a draft where there's a lack of blue-chip players, I mean, this is definitely one of the five best players in the draft, right? System fit, it doesn't matter. He fits in any system. He's a freak. I mean, what, do you like guys that run for touchdowns? Okay, then he fits in your system, right? Do you got like guys that can run awesome routes? Yep, then he fits in your system. Now, you know, realistically, yeah, I don't think he's going in the top ten. I don't, but – you know, you start to get into, like, these teams with two picks, and then you start to look at the teams, I think, too, that maybe have luxury of, like, wait, our team's really good, and we don't necessarily have a, a position we have to address right here, and this guy's too talented, right? So, I mean, there's teams where Philadelphia, because of their two first round or their, their picks or number 10 pick, I could I, that's where I think it starts. Would they just be like, hey, F you, we're awesome, we got everything, now we got this guy, you're screwed? Like, at least that's where my brain starts in the conversation. But I think realistically, it's probably around Detroit at 18, where I would expect him to maybe have the chances to go off the board anywhere from 18 to 32, if you made me bet, is kind of where I, I could say that could happen. And of course, teams with superstar running backs aren't going to be looking at it, but you mentioned it, Bengals. You know, would the Bills do it at the end of the first round, right? Yep. The Eagles at 30 again. I think those are the teams that kind of pop into my brain. Key yep. to note that uh, those teams are all picking later than Bijan yeah. Robinson's current over-under, which has been a pretty controversial one. I've seen uh, yeah, what is uh, it? 16 right now, 16 flat. Uh, and the under is juice Um, But, uh, you know, realistically uh, – as generational as he is, the devaluation of the running back right. as, a, as an asset. And on top of that, like, there's a lot of good running backs that are free agents this minute. <laughs> and, oh, exactly. Way, right. there They're might everywhere. Be, there might be more coming up. Like, we realistically, like, there's going to be a musical chairs of running backs this, uh, you know, left to be played out this offseason. And so using, you know, high-end draft capital on a running back, even if right. he's generational, is a real, real stretch. Exactly. Um, yep. Jay, you got any, any final thoughts on Bijan? No, I mean, it's it's interesting where, you know, certainly in our world, Drew, talk about the running backs and the perception is that running backs are less valuable than ever before and running backs don't really move the line. At the same time, if you get an elite running back, like Christian McCaffrey moves the line. Like there's two extremely valuable players. And I think it's probably gone too far in the opposite direction to think that, you know, running backs are just totally uh, totally replaceable <laughs> by just the next guy sure. on the depth chart. Like not everyone has Alexander Madison right behind Dalvin Cook. Like there is right, you do right. suffer a drop off if you're going from, you know, Jonathan Taylor to 
you know, Naheem Hines a year ago or whatever. Like, God, that hurts this your is a great, bro. great point. This is a great we're, – so we're at the inflection point where having an elite running back on a five-year deal and the compensation they're getting is probably maybe plus CV, especially if you can get him in the second half of round one. Oh, this is, this is very fair. I completely agree with this. Yeah, and the thing is as well is when you add – the thing is, when you add the receiving element, that's what takes you to the next level because then you got to start valuing running backs like McCaffrey, like Eckler, as though they're wide receivers in a way. And so those players are extremely valuable. So I wonder if there'll be an overcorrection where, you know, eventually, you know, guys, running backs typically who would have slid to, you know, the second round, Bijan maybe goes earlier than we think, um, but certainly it'd be one to watch. Chris, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Always love chatting ball can you tell people uh what you're working on the next week leading up to the draft well you know it's still all draft mock draft monday i got that coming on kristen's unbutton my podcast so i'll be doing that you know wednesday some ask me anything type of stuff going into the draft and then during the draft we'll be making live videos you know through NBC sports kind of just live you know to tape kind of reactions to each pick gonna be doing that but you know at c sims qb on twitter uh, at Sims Unbuttoned on Instagram and PFT with Florio and the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. That's where you can find me and all NB, all things NBC, just like you, Drew and Jay. That's what we do. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, it doesn't sound like you're working on much, so hopefully we can put some more stuff in the flight. <laughs> uh, anyway, appreciate the time, Chris. Speak to you soon, man. Always. Be good, guys. Have a good one. Every season is draft season, Drew. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE5 and save an extra $5 at checkout. All right. Last draft thoughts before the weekend, Drew. Anything that uh, you're particularly nervous about, that you're particularly excited for in terms of the market? Uh, I still think the draft really starts at two. And I think my big thing is that it's starting to feel more and more like I, I really thought for a while that it was going to be four quarterbacks, first four picks. I now feel much, much less strongly about that. And it feels like the evaluations, particularly on Stroud, are less bullish than we expected and that it now perhaps wouldn't be shocking, particularly with the fact that Trey Lance and Mac Jones seem available, that perhaps these yeah. teams like... You know, because we were thinking like, well, Houston, they can't go into next year with Davis Mills as their quarterback. Well, maybe that's true, but that doesn't necessarily mean they can't take Tyree Wilson too and just get Mac Jones or Trey Lance or something or Lamar yeah. Jackson or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. that it's perhaps more and more likely that we do see defensive players, at least one, go two or three. Um, but certainly it's in play that, you know, two and three are both defensive players, I guess. But what do you think? Yeah, um, my expectation of the entire draft depends on what the Texans do, too. Uh, it's crystallizing in one of two different paths. The Texans take Levis at two, or the Texans take defense at two. If it goes Levis, if they if they ultimately decide we don't like the you know we don't like the ask for Lance, we don't like the ask for Jones, we're gonna we, we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to use pick 12 on Hooker, uh, then I think they may ultimately settle on, okay, let's take QB2 on our board, who is Lovis, and we'll just be, you know, that's our, that's our plan. Uh, if, if that happens, then it goes, then all of a sudden the value of trading up to three 
for a team like the Titans is enormous because uh, they have eyes for Richardson and they think now you can't let Richardson go to a draft opponent, you know, I mean, a divisional opponent like the Colts. Uh, so you are now incentivized to give up a lot to, to move up to the three spot with the Cardinals. Uh, Richardson would go three. And then I have no idea what the Colts do at four at that point. Um, they presumably would take Stroud. But if they you know, just didn't feel like they had a good enough, um, you know, a good enough visit with him, maybe they decide on a plan B like Lance or a plan B like Lamar. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Levis going two makes Richardson go three and makes all the defenders slide. Then the flip side of the coin is if the Texans elect to keep the two, draft a defensive player, be it Anderson or Wilson, it doesn't really matter. Then the Cardinals have no leverage with the three. They take a defender, and then Levis goes four to the Colts. And then at that point, Seahawks maybe don't have the player that they were really hoping for defensively. Maybe they swing away on a guy like Richardson, who's a developmental prospect. Uh, and uh, you know, so I think realistically, we're going to get an answer one way or the other of what the Texans are going to do this weekend. And when that happens, the value on the board is going to be bang, 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 one of these two scenarios. Uh, and so that's kind of what I have my finger on the trigger ready to uh, fire away once we kind of know what the Texans are going to do. Yeah, I think right now the best bet on the board is, like we talked about with Chris, is Tyree Wilson plus 225. I think there's even some bigger prices out there than that to be the first defensive player drafted. I think that by margin is the best bet right now. But last one for you before we sign out. The number two pick right now, there are four guys bunched between plus 200 and plus 300, which tells you that no one has any idea what is happening with that pick, which leads me to ask, is there any chance Anthony Richardson just goes two? He's 18 to one, and it feels like he is the highest ceiling prospect in the draft. And the reason that his odds are longer is just because no one is linked to a team where no one knows what that team is doing anyway. So why is sure. he 18 to 1? Sure. No, you're, you're pointing out probably something we should have said a long time ago on this show, which is you're two, you, there are two plus EV strategies for betting the draft. You have information and you lay a big price and you know you only got to let that you know, bankroll sit there for a week. Or... You take some extreme wild card shots because there is so much unknown and because it is such a dynamic situation and because uh, you really have no idea that the Texans are even going to make that picket too. So it doesn't really matter what their board looks like, right? Like just the fact that people know that the three and the two are available and they can go up and get a guy like Richardson to develop them is, is not crazy at all. So yeah, Richardson at 18 to one is if you want to take a long shot price, get a, a decent payday for something insane to happen. I don't, I'm not stopping you. Uh, yep. But I think, I think uh, you know, the other side of that coin of, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for info because I like I want to lay the prices and just know that it's correct <laughs> in the draft for the for the most part. Um, and, it you know, I see stuff on the board right now, like uh, offensive linemen, the over under is five and a half and it's like minus 200 ish or something like that. Yeah, there's good there. The, the, the floor for offensive linemen in round one, in my opinion, is six. So I don't mind laying a minus two anything on o- over five and a half offensive linemen. Uh, you know, the, the entirety of the middle and late part of round one, as far as I can tell you, uh, once you once the elite edges are gone, once the quarterbacks are gone, there's no wide receivers people are super fired up about. Those guys are going to slide into round two. 
I don't think there's going to be a second running back. People are way, way, way too high on the tight ends. Tight end is just not a premium enough position to spend round one talent, even if these guys are very good. Uh, so offensive linemen are going to go in the first round and cornerbacks are going to go in the first round. And I think over on both of those are fun bets. Yep, I like that. Yeah, I think that with a lot of these draft bets, particularly as you get closer, like some of the best bets I've ever placed were uh, Anthony Edwards to go one day of the draft at like minus 270. Yeah. It's just completely sure. done. Like it's just completely done. It's minus two seventy. Uh, and then after Woj finally tweeted out like three minutes before the draft <laughs> that Paolo was going to go one, you could still bet Paolo at like minus three fifty to go one, uh, and it was just again completely done uh, at that point. So those type of bets. I, I think last year I bet Aiden Hutchinson to go two at minus one ten five minutes before the draft. Like that kind of stuff will be out there. But now I think, particularly when there's just lack of consensus. Now is the time to be more placing bets on long shots that have a sure. coherent path. Like, like the consensus was for the most part that Bryce Young is the best quarterback prospect, and he's going one. Mm-hmm. And the consensus mm-hmm. seems to be that Anthony Richardson is the highest ceiling prospect of anyone, including Bryce Young. And no one has any idea what's happening at two. So eighteen to one for the highest ceiling prospect uh, at the most yeah. important position in the sport seems like a reasonable bet. But anyway, yeah, see what see what happens. All right. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with wages. Please rate and subscribe us if you're listening to us in podcast form. Thanks to those watching on the YouTube channel, NBC Sports. Thanks to Chris Sims for joining us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.